Welcome to On Target, the podcast helping software sales leaders drive more pipeline and close transformational deals. I'm your host, Alex Elaine. Let's get into it. Hello and welcome to a special edition of On Target, your go-to podcast specifically designed for software sales leaders. Today, we're switching gears a bit. We've had over 40 insightful interviews with some of the industry's most successful sales leaders, and now we're distilling the very best of these conversations into a powerful 10-minute episode for the next couple of weeks. We'll be exploring the highlights, key insights, and innovative strategies shared by these experts, so gear up for an exciting journey through the very best moments of On Target. Let's not waste any more time. Let's get started. If you're talking now out there to that first-time sales leader who's just gotten their promotion, they're looking at the year ahead, they're excited but daunted by the reality that they've got a big target, a new team, what tactical advice would you give to that sales leader to try and help them fast-track where you are already mentally? Especially if it's a new, if it's someone new, you know, if they're being promoted in my organization, I'm going to make sure they know they're going to be given a little bit of leeway and a little bit of, you know, understanding like, you know, you're going to, you're commit to a number in a quarter or, um, you know, performance things. We're going to give you a little bit of leeway and I'm going to make sure they know that and say, take advantage of that. The best thing you can do is get your team and those resources you have selling, get them to be honest with you. Get to the truth. Don't sugarcoat. I've seen most sales organizations flail and struggle mightily because the salesperson, the hunter out in the field is painting a rosy picture to their manager and their manager's now adding their rosy picture to it. And by the time it gets somewhere else, it's nothing like the deal that's actually you know going on there in the field. It's completely fabricated, right? So number one is make sure you have a really good, honest and critical understanding of what you really have in front of you. And then from that, you know, if you have a good meeting, it doesn't mean the deal closed. You know, you had a good meeting. And, you, you know, the worst is, hey, I had a great meeting. I said, great, what's the next step? Oh, I didn't ask. So you had a bad meeting. But get people to be on, you know, get your people, now that you're managing, get their trust and get them. You, you want bad news early. You want honest information. And when there is a deal that's going, you want to be able to communicate that up so that people get genuinely excited about the deals that are real and now you have the ability to get you know the resources of the company around those ones that really matter. And that's one of the fundamental things to be accurately understand what's really going in and your going on in your your team and the patch, and then be able to effectively communicate that to leadership. Principles definitely change, and you learn and you rank them differently over time. So what you think at first might be the most important. For example, I would have potentially at first thought accountability and ownership, which is definitely one of my principles, is one of the most important. For me, there's two outstanding principles, which are just number one, which is being the best slash winning that we're in sales. That's non-negotiable. And that's all around drive. And second is definitely around essentially don't be an arsehole, which is about integrity. And I think those two, you cannot compromise on. And I've still, I'd say I've got three others, which is around teamwork, collaboration, accountability, ownership, and having fun. Those five for me are compulsory in a team. And I very much now make that a crucial part of my interview process 
And I even try and screen for that. For example, you know, when I'm reading people's LinkedIn's or CVs. There's two things that have to be true at the core when you're building a team. So one is trust, right? There's a book that I think most have read called Five Dysfunction of a Team. And that's this whole concept of at the base of this pyramid uh, has to be trust. And so one of the ways in which you build trust is by doing what you say you're going to do when you say you're going to do it. It's holding yourself and people accountable. It's creating an environment where people feel safe to ask for feedback, to push each other, to challenge each other. The second is just having very clear expectations of what good looks like. There are a lot of people out there, Alex, I'm sure you've seen this, who are working really hard. Their motivations are in the right place. They're showing up early. They're staying late. They are doing everything, but they're still not getting to where they want to be or getting the end of year reviews they want or the promotions they think they expect. And often, in my experience, that's just a result of not clearly understanding what great looks like to whoever that is they're, they're reporting into. So if you have trust and you have clear definitions of what good looks like, that to me is truly the foundation of building a, a high-performing team. I'd love to learn a bit more about some of the core principles that you feel are really important for sales leaders and sellers alike to really adhere to when it comes to actually winning business. Any thoughts on that? If I had to pick one thing in what could be right many, it is a great discovery mindset. If you are genuinely curious about what is going on in your customer's world and what they care about, you already are probably in the top 20% of sellers out there, right? You need to understand your ICP. You need to understand, more importantly, the personas that you're selling to within that ICP. And you need to understand, like, what are the metrics, the projects, the company-wide goals they're responsible to. And you need to understand it intimately. Because if you don't, then you're just spraying and praying. And the sooner that you can intimately understand those things, the much more likely you are to have a compelling message when you're trying to just get them to engage with you. The much more likely you are to deliver a really bespoke value-add, illustrative vision of what better could look like during your demo. And the more likely you are to actually get the budget from the CFO who doesn't necessarily care about those things. When you think of building and scaling sustainable sales teams, how important do you feel that enablement around the technology and the product is to actually build a team that can be effective out there in the field? If you think about the deals that you've done over the course of your career, the deals that you probably feel the most proud about is when that you had this connection with this customer and you were able to get them to see the vision of the product that you were selling. And oftentimes, I think that that is really occurs when you understand the value proposition of the product that you're selling. And if you unpack what does that really mean, it is sweating the details. Like it's actually going through and understanding why a developer API is going to be applicable to that developer building the next generation tool or you know, if it's selling a database or selling switching and routing, it's really understanding the use cases. It's understanding the details, what drives the business outcome. You know, these people are now going to buy your, your service or your, or your product. What is really going to happen to them by doing that? And when you're able to tie those things together, you make probably the strongest arguments and you're able to 
make it resonate with the customer in a way that the other competitors are, are not able to do. I think it is sweating the details. And, and I think, you know, understanding that value prop is, is probably the, one of the most important details that you can, can really learn when, when selling. When you took that first step into being a sales leader, what would you do the same? What would you do differently if you could press the reset button? It's interesting because I'm, again, one of those people that I, I'm a big believer in no regrets and, and not changing things that I've experienced because I wouldn't be who I am if it wasn't for those experiences. So I think, you know, less about changing some of the experiences that I went through and more about what I would maybe share with with other people who are starting off in their sales leadership career is um, trying not to just be on everything and trying not to just essentially create a team that is just different versions of yourself. I think, you know, for me, that was something that I really struggled with at the beginning. Uh, I wouldn't change it necessarily, but I would absolutely try and, and reduce the time that it took for me to, to transition into a different type of leader. That's definitely something I would say is it's really, really tough to do that, especially when you've been in sales for such a long period of time. And it's one of the hardest things to do. So I think it's more just be aware that this will likely or, you know, or, or could happen to you. Thanks for tuning in. Never miss a tactic or actionable insight by subscribing to On Target wherever you get your podcasts. And if you gain value from the show, I would love it if you could share it with a friend and give us a five-star review. See you next time.